Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning to all of our locations. Davidson Online Gallery. Hey, y'all give Gallery a shout out Monday night out there in Davidson reaching a new uh, group out there. By the way, I don't know if you could tell, we came off of 21 days of prayer. So I don't know if these dots are connected, but the atmosphere is charged with faith this morning. The atmosphere is charged with Jesus this morning. The atmosphere is charged with the miraculous. And uh, we've gotten so many reports in over the past the past weeks of healings that have taken place and just, just uh, amazing miracles. In fact, among, our, among CFA Church, there were three things that happened on one day. <laughs> And there's one of them that I, I mean, in particular, the, the others I can't, I can't tell you about. There is one of them, there is one of them that I cannot wait until next Sunday to, but, <laughs> oh my goodness, we're going to be able to release an announcement next Sunday that is, that's, that's going to be a game changer. I believe for, for lost and for the community and for people. And so um, uh, let's keep it going. Let's keep, let's keep praying. Let's keep believing for big things. If you've got your copy of God's word, if you'll turn to Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19. Um, so don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for your pastor because sometimes do people wait until an opportune time to text you things that... So, so like right before, right before the 915 service, I get this text from my beautiful, adventurous, life-giving, funny, fun 10-year-old, my daughter. And it said, it said, can I have a pig, please? <laughs> Came with a picture. I can pay for him and his food. Uh, one, two, three, four, followed by four puppy eye emojis. This poor, oh, this is just the beginning. This is a series here. This poor little piggy needs a home. This piggy needs my love. Pretty please emoji, please, please, please uh, emoji, followed by 178 puppy eye emojis, two, three kissy face emojis, and a beating heart emoji. <laughs> Another picture, and then several minutes later, <laughs> never mind, I want a hamster. Like, that's what I... <laughs> That's our girl, <laughs> like you know, that's our that's our girl. So y'all, y'all pray for your pastor. Hey, uh, church, you ready to multiply? Shout multiply. Let's at every location, so Davidson, I want them to hear you in, in Concord Gallery. I want them to hear you on the streets, Concord. I want Davidson to hear you. Deuteronomy 111, let's read this scripture. This is the word for the house for this year. Let's read it together. Ready? 
And may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised. If you're ready to receive that word this year, can you just give him praise one more time this morning? God, we received that word. We received that word. So over the past several weeks, there has been uh, this theme of multiply, but there's been kind of an undercurrent theme that has woven through this. I don't know if you've noticed, we didn't set out to do this, but this theme of meals, uh, right? So the first scripture I read was out of Ezekiel. Ezekiel goes and sits among the captives, but before he goes and sits among the captives, God's words to him were, I love this command. Some of the commands in the Bible are a little bit hard to obey. This one is a good command. It said, go feed your belly. That's what, God, that's what God said. So those of you coming off any kind of fasting over the last 21 days, that's the word of the Lord for you today. Go eat a cheeseburger. Amen. Go feed your belly. And so then we talked about the woman at the well, how Jesus is in the business of leaving his lunch table to make sure that people who don't feel included feel included. Pastor John brought the house down last Sunday with an amazing word just about how Jesus invited broken people, called the disciples to his table. And then this morning involves a meal as well, and it's Jesus and Zacchaeus. I kind of like this definition of the gospel I read one time. Uh, the writer said that the gospel is Jesus eating good food with bad people. Come on, can I get an amen right there? So let's walk through this story about Zacchaeus and some things that I think God wants us to take away from it. First First of all, is never, never discredit from outward appearances how badly some people want to see Jesus. So it starts out, Jesus is walking through Jericho and was passing through. Jericho was the places where the walls had already come down, by the way. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was rich. Now listen, watch the juxtaposition between these two verses. It's incredible. So Zacchaeus had position, he had wealth, he had status, he had achieved things, every goal in his life, not just a tax collector, but the chief tax collector. Now watch this, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, and sometimes I think that we predetermine in our mind, based on somebody's outward appearance, who needs Jesus and who doesn't. Like if we see somebody who's broken, it may ob be obvious that they need Jesus. But can I just tell you that your next door neighbor who bought the $60,000 SUV or the parents of the girl on your girl's dance team who got back from a cruise at Christmas and just got back from a skiing trip to Colorado, they need Jesus. And the first person in your second period English class to get the iPhone X last year, they need Jesus. See, Jesus came for the down and out, but he came for the up and out. And I think a picture, so we talk about the woman at the well and Zacchaeus, right? The woman at the well represent the, the outsider, the outcast, the lost, the hurting, the broken. Zacchaeus representing the upper echelon of society. And I just love this as a picture of the New Testament church where you could have a homeless person and a millionaire sitting side by side. That is the church, CFA. That's the church. Here's what we got to be careful of sometimes is we don't fall into the Zacchaeus uh, syndrome. And, and so what happened was Zacchaeus won at some things in life. Um, several, several months ago, I believe it was the last of September, the first of October, 
We're, we're blessed to partner with so many amazing, we call them our gospel, gospel partner ministries, uh, like, like Adult and Teen Challenge. We love you guys. And this is just the beginning, Sal, right? This is just the beginning uh, of this. And um, uh, another one of these gospel partner ministries in our community that we partner with is Wings of Eagles Ranch. They're, they're phenomenal. It's therapeutic horseback riding um, for the physically challenged in our community. Oh, and by the way, they do summer camps and they present Jesus. And so we were there. They have their, their vision night, and it's called Dinner and Dancing in the Dirt. So under the big open barn, and, and we're all there. And one of our Southeastern students is sitting at our, our table, Harrison. And, and so they were doing this horse race. So we're all, we're all like, Harrison, you got this. You know, Harrison is full of life and energetic. And, and we're like, Harrison, go, go, go. You got this. I'll, I'll pay your entry fee. It was like $5. I'm like, Camden, can I borrow $5? So, so we're like, she gives Harrison the $5, and, he, and Harrison jumps up on, on the horse. I mean, it was a wooden horse. It was a, it was a pole with a horse head on it. But it's like on your mark, get set, go. And Harrison takes off, and he's pushing the eight-year-old girl out of the way. Not, not really, but, and he just, you know, and he makes his way around those, around. And by the time he gets around turn number three, he is the wide receiver that's 10 yards ahead of the defensive back. And so he gives kind of one of these over-the-shoulder looks. And he didn't, he wasn't high stepping but he was high stepping in his heart I could see it and so he's just kind of cruising across the finish line and and so he won the race he won the race but he didn't get the prize we're all like yeah what's going on here well it turns out that what they did is they took all the participants and they put all of their names in a hat and they just drew the name of the winner and Harrison Harrison didn't like like he crossed the finish line first but he didn't win and I'm just reminded that in life it is so possible to win at things that don't matter Sir you can win at your job and lose with your kids you can win with money and lose at your marriage. And Zacchaeus had achieved all of these things in life, and it left him feeling hollow, hollow. And I think that happens to so many people as they have a picture of what life is going to be like when I make six figures or when I get a promotion or when I graduate and they achieve something and that's all wonderful and fine and good, but it, it leaves them feeling hollow because the Bible says that it is possible for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul, but lose his soul and then and then here's just the realities that sometimes religious people can get in the way of those that want to see Jesus. So the, the, Jesus is marching through Jericho and, and everybody's crowded around to see Jesus. And the Bible describes Zacchaeus. The Bible is kind. The Bible's very real, but at least this translation is, is kind. And it says, but on account, this is the reason Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus. On the uh, account of the crowd, he could not. On the count of the crowd. Now, I'm using a little bit of imagination here, but remember, this crowd was made up of the Pharisees and the religious folk, and, and Zacchaeus was a tax collector and, collector, and although he had achieved wealth and status, he was hated among uh, those who were Pharisees because tax collectors were also extortionists. Like if you owed 15% on your taxes, they would collect 40%, and you couldn't do a thing about it, and they would turn in the 15%, and they got their wealth from 
from other people. And, and so this is how they built their wealth was extracting uh, money from people. And I just, I just wonder if maybe some of the Pharisees didn't look over their shoulder and see Zacchaeus coming and kind of just, you know, fill in that gap a little bit. I, I wonder if somebody grabbed their five-year-old and pulled their five-year-old from behind them to in front of them. I wonder if somebody had the thought, well, if he would have got to church early, uh, he would have had a better seat. And, and so you just have all of, all of these things. And it's, it's, it's interesting that the very vehicle, these are God's people. These are God's people. And it's interesting that the very vehicle that God had ordained to show other people the way to Jesus became the very barrier that blocked them from seeing Jesus. And, 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 if, and if I'm not careful and if you're not careful, we can all allow at times some Pharisee to creep in to my heart. And I never want to, I never, I think this is a good prayer to pray, church. Jesus, if there is ever anything in my language, in my Facebook posts, in what I consume, in the way I present myself, in the locker room, on my sports team, in the way that I conduct a meeting in my office, Jesus, if there is ever anything in my life that would block anybody else from seeing Jesus get rid of, like help me to get rid of it. I want to be a people and I want to be a church that makes it, eat. like instead of, instead of blocking people, let's carry step ladders. Let's be a church that makes it easy for other people to see Jesus. Because sometimes it's our deficiencies that can keep us from seeing Jesus. The Bible describes Zacchaeus as he was small in stature. He was short. So he couldn't see over the crowd. And while Zacchaeus' deficiency may have been a little more obvious to the eye, make no mistake about it, the crowd was full of deficiencies that day. And let's never forget that the people that we run into on a daily basis or people that we may see in church, some of their deficiencies may be a little bit more obvious. That, that maybe, maybe we've just learned to hide our deficiencies a little bit more under, under whatever cloak we put on it. But make no mistake about it, we are all deficient. And sometimes I wonder who's in more danger. Is it the person that was chopping wood and just cut off their arm with a chain? saw or is it the person with a 99% blockage in the artery of their heart and they don't even know about because it's real easy to say would you quit bleeding all over my new couch with your cut off arm like it's real easy to judge the person with the cut off arm but hopefully at least they know hey yeah I'm bleeding okay I'm gonna we're trying to get help for this situation but sometimes it's the things in our heart that we don't even realize the things that that religious spirit that we've allowed to get into. And I'm so thankful that CFA has never, ever, ever been, ever, ever been a religious church. And I'm sorry, but if you're religious, you're not going to fit in here because we just open the doors wide and say whoever is welcome because we all have deficiencies. <laughs> and I say that, but being religious is a deficiency too. So you're welcome too, and we love you because we all we all got this stuff. Like we all got so we all got some Pharisee in us. But we just got to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me never to never to block people uh, uh, with this. And then and then I love this because when you can't reach Jesus, Jesus will come to you. 
Like every single time. So for Zacchaeus, he couldn't see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He was short. The crowd was blocking him. The, the, the crowd was getting him in, in the way, getting in the way. And so what he found was a sycamore tree. A sycamore tree, if you Google that, this uh, 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 sycamore tree in excuse me, in Palestine or in Israel, it's like the dream tree that you wanted in, in the backyard as a kid. Like it is a climbing tree, big thick branches that start to V out and Y out early on. So even if you were a little bit shorter in stature as Zacchaeus was, you could get up there and climb. But Zacchaeus, what the sycamore tree was in Jesus's life is it was a man-made effort to see Jesus. And see, we all have a sycamore tree. We've all tried to get to Jesus through our good works, through, through maybe if I just go to church enough, if I just keep my New Year's resolutions, if I just, and all, again, all of that is fine, but hear me, there's no, sycamore, there's no tree big enough. Like there's no tree high enough, and that's why I love, so he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree, verse 4, to see him, for he was about to pass that way. So while Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus, see, while, while Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus even more on the other side, as Jesus was trying to get to Zacchaeus. So when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come on down, for I got to stay at your house. I love that we serve a God that comes to us, that reaches to us. I had a couple of jobs um, not had a couple of jobs, but had a couple of, like these jobs were my like secret, uh, non-famous dream jobs. Does that, make, does that make sense? Like, you know, my, when I was a kid growing up, like major league baseball player, and then, but also I had these kind of things and I wanted to work in a grocery store. I know that's a little bit different than a major league. But I just love, I love grocery stores. I don't know. I just have always loved grocery stores. So when I'm 98 and working in Publix, y'all swing by and say hello to me. Like I just, I love grocery stores. And, and the other, the, uh, my other kind of dream job was a lifeguard. Like I just always thought it would be so cool to be a lifeguard. But can I give you a picture of a bad lifeguard? Here's a bad, so, so I, you know, sitting up there all tan with the white stuff on my nose and the, the red cross thing on my, my tank top and my whistle. And I would even like practice the little, little twirl with the, with the whistle. But here's a bad lifeguard. Here's a bad, hey, hey, uh, you're drowning. Hey, rip current out there, shouldn't have, shouldn't have gone swimming. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I saw you eating and uh, it was less than 30 minutes ago. You shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. You know, like that's a, that's a bad life card. But, but, but can I tell you something else this morning? Here's a picture of a bad Christian. Hey, hey, you're sinning. Hey, you shouldn't, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. If you'd stop that, maybe Jesus would love. If you just get your life together, you know what a picture of a good lifeguard is? A good lifeguard gets his hind quarters out of the seat, jumps down, picks up the orange thing, runs so fast that the television cameras have to turn it into slow motion as he's running and dive in that water and go rescue somebody. That's what a good lifeguard is. And can I tell you this morning that that's what Jesus does. He doesn't wait for you to get it all together. He doesn't wait for you to swim to him. Jesus gets out of his chair and he goes and rescues people. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? That's a picture 
of who Jesus is. And then, and then Jesus loves people that, Je that religious people don't like. I mean, just to keep pushing some buttons this morning, I'm on a little bit of a roll, so let's go here. And, and when they saw it in verse 7, the religious leaders, they all grumbled. Hey, he's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And I find it interesting that people who are passionately in love with Jesus love the people who Jesus passionately loves. But the religious spirit is a grumbling spirit. The religious spirit is a complaining spirit. I believe that you can tell how much a person loves Jesus by how much they love lost people. I believe that a barometer in our lives that we can tell sometimes when a religious spirit begins to creep in our hearts is how much we grumble and complain, especially about things that may not really matter in the light of eternity. See, you're either calling people down from sycamore trees or you're complaining about the people that are. And, and Jesus, Jesus didn't have a problem going into the house of a sinner, so I figure if we're going to be a Christ-like, spirit-empowered, God-first church, then this is a church where we say that every sinner in this area is welcome in this house. I said, let's be a church where every sinner is welcome in this house. You know who's welcome here, Gallery? You know who's welcome here, Davidson? You know who's welcome here, Concord? Gluttons are welcome here. And the addicted are welcome here, and the sexually immoral are welcome here, and the adulterer is welcome here, and the liar and the thief are welcome here. I'll get to your thing in a moment. Everybody, all of us are well, we are sinners. We're welcome here. But then it's the presence of Jesus that changes people. It's the presence of Jesus. So, so watch this. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, watch what changed Zacchaeus. It was Zacchaeus's proximity to Jesus. Jesus did not start reading him the moral tax code of Israel. Zacchaeus just came into the presence of Jesus and he said, oh my goodness, I'm in the presence of a holy God. Jesus, you want to save somebody like me? Jesus, you want to eat with me? Then I'll change. I'll change. And so we don't need to moralize somebody into the kingdom of God. But now I'm going to preach both sides. I'm going to preach the whole thing. So now let me put the emphasis on the other syllable. It's the presence of Jesus that changes people, but also the presence of Jesus changes people. So don't tell me about your relationship with Jesus and you keep living the same lifestyle that you did five years ago because that doesn't work either. And I'm not saying, hear your pastor's heart this morning. I'm not saying you don't struggle with some of the same stuff that you did five years ago. But I'm saying, I'm saying if you want to walk east, you got to turn your back on the west. You can't follow Jesus. You can't come into the presence of a holy God and think it's okay to continue leading the same lifestyle. If Jesus, if you really encountered the presence of Jesus, then you want to change. You want to change. And the last thing this morning is this. I've stopped this. I've stopped this. I would encourage you to stop it too. Stop praying that people get saved. Just, just stop praying. 
Wait, Pastor, you're confusing me because on the little uh, card that you passed us, uh, you passed out to us a few weeks ago, the very, the very first thing was like, pray for somebody in your frame. So now you're telling me, yeah, I know, I know. Just stop praying for them to get saved. And here's what I mean by that: like, stop praying that they'll get nice saved. Like, like, stop praying that they that they make heaven saved. And I, and that's good. And I want everybody to make heaven. But here's what I've been praying lately. I've been praying that people would get like radically transformed saved. Like, like they join too many ministry teams saved. Like, like they take all your seats saved because they bring their 10 friends with them every time they come to church saved. Like flush the drugs down the toilet saved. Like radical on fire. I'm going to go on five missions trips this year. Well, you may want to, like, I want, I want some people like at the woman at the well that went from the town I'll be nice, outcast to an evangelist in about two minutes because she couldn't believe that there was a God in heaven that loved her, that accepted her. I want to pray that people get radically transformed. And then this story finishes with this statement, and I love it. Jesus just says, today, today salvation has come to the house. And I just ask you the question, what made Jesus say that? And here's the truth. It wasn't the fact that Zacchaeus climbed a tree, although that showed initiative. It wasn't the fact that Zacchaeus gave all his wealth or half of his wealth to the poor, although I think that was proof of his transformation. Here's what brought salvation to the house. Jesus was in the house. That's salvation. Like, I'm thankful for all the other stuff, but it'll come. It begins with just saying, Jesus, come into my house. Jesus, come into my brokenness. Jesus, come into my situation. Jesus, come into my marriage. Jesus, my, my kiddos are going through a phase at school and are dealing with some bullies, and I don't know how to parent. Jesus, come into my house. Come into my, Jesus, come into my cubicle at work. Jesus, come into this relationship. Jesus, is Jesus in your house? It all starts. That's the question, is Jesus in your house? And so with heads bowed and eyes closed at every location at the gallery if you're watching online this morning here in Concord with heads bowed and eyes closed if you would say pastor I don't know I don't know if Jesus is in the house the Bible says today today is the day of salvation can I encourage you why wait can I encourage you don't put it off till tomorrow can I encourage you don't wait till after service today right now would you just pray a prayer right with where you're at and Man, we'll even stay after service and baptize you. Like we got clothes and towels and everything. Just like somebody in the house get radically saved in a transformation this morning. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. But right where you're at, I just want to pray for you. So as an acknowledgement on the count of three, I want you to just raise your hand real fast. One two, three. If that's you, just shoot up your hand. Shoot up your hand at the gallery. Shoot up your hand in Davidson and say, I got you. I got you. Who else wants to get saved? I got you. Who else wants to get saved? Who else says, Jesus, come into my house. Come into my house. Church family, let's pray together. Say, Jesus, welcome to my house. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. 
and I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive, fully alive. Come on, one more time, fully alive to my purpose in the name of Jesus. Oh my goodness, somebody celebrate with those who said yes to Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.